Hey everyone, Suzanne Tuline here, Brand Clarity. I am Jess Lunabelle. This is Josh Harley, CEO of Fathom Realty. This is Garrett Maroon of Business by Relationship. This is Krista Maysher, and you are listening to Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren in South Carolina, the only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft. Hey, greetings and welcome back everyone to another episode of Dish and Dirt. I'm your often opinionated but rarely wrong host, Gary Pickren, coming to you from Blair Kiddo, Pickren, and Castellan in beautiful but hot Columbia, South Carolina, this the last week of May 2022. This week also happens to be the week prior to Memorial Day. And as you know, South Carolina as a state has always supported our men and women and their families in the military. And Blair Cato has made this a pillar of our law firm, our emotional support, as well as our financial support and the support of the South Carolina Military Family Care Association. This is an organization that means a great deal to this firm. And we really appreciate all the agents who have attended our events and have donated to this organization throughout the many years of us supporting this organization through our Oktoberfest and October parties. We'll have that party again this year. It's probably going to be a October party to raise money for that association. And also the work that we also do with the employer support of the Garden Reserve. Now, as we go into this weekend remembrance, we hope that you will take a second and reflect not only on those service members who have lost their life in defense of this great country, but also what it means to those families who also have had to pay the ultimate price in the fight to protect freedom. We owe the families, as that well as that service member, a debt which this country can never repay. Now let's go on with our show today. So this is a really special week at Blair Cato because this marks the beginning of Noonan Hammond of Spartanburg and Greenville, the law firm, becoming part of the Blair Cato family. And we want to extend a very warm welcome to Steve Hammett, Meredith Noon, and their team. And welcome them to our team as well. And hope that every one of you are going to get a chance to meet them real soon and to work with them in our Greenville and Spartanburg, a new Spartanburg office, actually. Uh, today, I could not think of a better guest to have on our show than Meredith, Meredith Noon. So Meredith Noon is going to be one of our new lawyers in the Greenville office. And she comes to us with a wealth of knowledge over 20 years of experience. And she's going to share with us some of her thoughts and ideas about the real estate market, where it is, where it's going, what changes that we have seen COVID and after COVID, and where we can see some more changes coming in the real estate market. So if you guys would please join me in welcome to Meredith Noon. We'll go ahead and start with her right now. All right, guys. So joining me today is Meredith Noon. In case y'all haven't heard the big announcement, if you haven't, I don't know where you've been hiding, but we had a big announcement a couple of weeks ago where Noon and Hammett are going to join up with Blair Keto in the Greenville-Spartanburg market. And we're just so excited to have Meredith and Steve part of us. Just great people, great ideas on how real estate should be done. And we're just really excited that you're going to be joining us here May 23rd, is it, Meredith? May 23rd. Well, we're really excited. So today I wanted to bring Meredith on because she's got a lot of great insight into our real estate market. And just kind of get another perspective in it. And I also think that she's probably going to guest star. I'm kind of looking for another co-host with me to take some of the pressure Also, Who knows? Maybe Meredith might be on some co-hosting. You think you're up for that? I promised you I would be the uh, Kelly to your Regis. That will be fun. That'll be fun. <laughs> that would be crazy stuff, as Regis would always say. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So let's talk today. You've been doing real estate for how long? 23 years. And I've been doing it right at 27. And so one of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast for a long time are the big changes that we've seen in this market. Do you agree with me that the real estate market has changed more in the last four or five years than in our past 20 years of real estate? Absolutely. And I think 
probably our COVID experience has a lot to do with that. No doubt. It seemed like, you know, we went very slowly at first. And then I remember when Al Gore invented the internet and that's a joke. That's that's because remember when he claimed he invented the internet, but after the internet came on, we had this big change away in the industry from the real estate agent being the gatekeeper of information where they had the book. Remember the book that uh, the real estate agents had instead of MLS being on, on the internet. And so we had that and we went to the internet and then it was still kind of some slow changes for a while. And then I think since Zillow's come in, obviously Zillow and iBuyers have been some big changes, but what are you seeing particularly in the market? I know there's some big changes you and I've talked about since we first talked about coming together as a company what are some of the things that you're seeing pre and post COVID that are really changing in our industry? Well, in the nature of closings, um, it seemed like pre COVID, we were still, um, everything was in person. Um, everybody came at the same time, sat around the table. And with the advent of COVID and having to do closings outside in parking lots, under umbrellas, through car windows, um, and or Zoom closings where people were sitting with a notary somewhere else and you were just talking to them over a computer where you could all see each other, but you weren't in person any longer. I think that's um, a lot of people are expecting now not to have to attend closings and they don't want to take time off from work. Um, I'm sure y'all are seeing a lot of that. Um, You know, it's the biggest purchase of someone's life, the biggest amount of money that they'll be spending. And well, I really can't take off work. Isn't there some other way to do this? Um, But we're, We've learned that through COVID, we can adapt and we can accommodate much um, much more than we used to be able to. At some point, we'll be talking about RON, which is remote online notarization, which is eventually coming our way, which will probably be an even more convenient change for the borrower-buyer side of things when there's a loan package involved. Um, so I said, that seems to me the biggest change right now is the technology has made us aware that we can do things a little differently and we don't necessarily all have to meet in person. And I do think Ron will be a game changer, unfortunately, so far that the uh, state of South Carolina has some reason uh, fought against it. But with a remote online notary, it would allow us to do closings via Zoom, watch you sign and then notarize the documents. And, and I know that we're also looking at electronic online notary, which would allow us to actually sign documents online with you and not even have to have the paper, which I think is well overdue. Yes. I think right before COVID, actually, I know it was right before 2008, we were starting to see a lot of lenders go more paperless. And there was a lot of click to acknowledge on, you know, maybe 65, 70% of the documents and just a few that had to be wet signed. And that was great for convenience. And we still see some lenders now. It's come back where some lenders have partial packages that you're able to just click and sign the day of closing. And then you actually come to closing and sign maybe about a third of them as a wet signature. Um, and that saves people time. And all the all the young folks are, you know, they're big into technology. They don't write checks. They don't have checkbooks. They like clicking from their iPhones or Samsung and uh, getting the job done. It's just amazed me that you could go buy a car and on their iPad, sign your name and put a couple of initials four or five times, like on a DocuSign document, and they would hit a button and email it to you. But in the uh, long closing business for for houses, it's always been like it was in 1995. It really hadn't changed much forever. I still remember a gentleman who came in to do a refinance. And I think the last mortgage he had done, it had been literally spit in a handshake with a banker. And he came into the closing, saw the pile of documents and said, 
I'm not signing any of that till I take it home and read it. So off he went with the entire loan package, um, took it home. We scheduled about an hour and a half on a Saturday afternoon. And I went through every document with him over the phone, one line at a time. He's, and he was done. He said, okay, I'll come back and close now. So we got a new package. He came back in and closed. So, you know, diff- very different generationally for sure. Right. And, and that's a good point there is generationally. I think that my parents' generation, the baby boomers, are completely different than the millennials, which are completely different than Gen Z and Gen X. And you're right that I have Gen Z kids emailing all the time or calling us, wanting us to hire them for interns. And so you email them back and three weeks go by and they haven't responded. Like, I guess they didn't want the job. Well, they don't even look at their emails. Right. And so I think we're as a, we as an industry are going to have to learn that we have got to start adapting not to how our personal generation, I'm Generation X, how Generation X does things, because that's not going to be how Generation Z or millennials want to do things. Yeah, I agree. We have a lot of people who will say, oh, just text me. I said, well, we can't text from a landline, but I have a feeling there is technology out there that will allow us to text from the law firm to let people know about things. It's just not something we had um, encountered yet. Well, what do you think about how the different age groups will want to do closings? Because like you said, there's a lot of millennials and, and even Gen Z that they don't want to, they, they want to do everything on their phone. They want to do everything electronically. And so mm-hmm. I think that we are heading for perhaps that change as well, where that we could start seeing more drive to the technology side of it and less toward the paper side. I mean, we've talked about Ron and some things like that, mm-hmm. but do you see this happening in the next year or two? I feel like it has to. Um, and one of the things that excites me about joining y'all is you guys have the ability to, I think, move more quickly into the future and keep up or stay ahead of technology than our little firm did. So I'm looking forward to being able to offer that to our clients and really work with everybody and meet their needs um, as they're changing because they're very different nowadays. And I'm now one of the old fogies. <laughs> that's one of the things that I just did a podcast on. It was about Netflix did not kill Blockbuster, not listening to their consumers did. And it, it is an issue that in our industry for a long time, real estate agents, real estate attorneys, real estate lenders, this is how we do it. And I think what we're seeing, particularly post-COVID, is that the consumer doesn't care. That's how we did it. Um, Obviously, we have certain laws that we have to stay in in compliance with, and we're a very highly regulated industry, whether it's on the lending side or the real estate agent side or the lawyer side. But the millennials, the Gen Z, they want it done the way they want it done. And, and that does mean that the, the closing process has become different. I mean, I remember starting back, and you probably remember too, back in the 90s when we did closings, we were wearing coat and tie and you were probably wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably about 10 years ago, I got rid of every business suit, maybe except for two that I own. When, when I went to the real estate commission meeting for the first time as a real estate commissioner, I tried a suit on and my son started laughing because it had the wide legs on it. He's like, you're not wearing that. We don't wear clothes like that. I actually literally do not have a suit I can wear right now. I have a blazer and it just amazes me that I went from having 15 different suits to I don't even have a single suit. Uh, and, and, you know, at our closings now, and that's one thing that we try to be with being the disruptor is we, I wear Jordans. I wear dunks to closings. I wear Lululemon. I try to make it a lot more friendly because I think what we've seen, and, and I have a friend who's an orthodontist and he talks about it as well, that you know, back in the day when you went to your dentistry or orthodontist, they were in the white lab coat and they were wearing a coat and a tie underneath it. And now that's not the look you're looking for when you even go to a dentist or a doctor there. You want a more laid back, approachable person. And I think that's the big change for us in real estate as attorneys is that we're, they want us less like attorneys and more like approachable people. 
I think that makes for a much better closing, but you've got my mind stuck right now on you and Lululemons. Are we talking about the leg, the leggings here? Oh, no, no, I, I'm no, I definitely the... want to come to one of those closings. <laughs> no, I will not be wearing leggings. It's about the men golf pants. They're quite comfortable. Uh, Once you put Lulu's uh, on, you'll never go away from them. My uh, whole wardrobe <laughs> is Lulu's now. Um, let's talk I about agree with you. I agree <laughs> with you. I think it's the, 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 natural the in-person TLC that it makes the difference as far as the closings go and I think right. that's one of the things that our law firm also shares with your firm is a culture of really wanting to take care of the client and spend the time and be there for them and it's not stuffy um, you don't have to go through three three sets of doors just to get to the attorney you know our our phones are open our emails are open and we respond um, it doesn't take a couple of days to get a response out of one of us and I think that's the kind of um, client care that draws us to you guys. Well, and I think that's absolutely what the consumer is looking for now. And we just got to continue to change. And I think the market's going to continue to change with, with the consumer as well. Uh, talk about lenders. What, what are you seeing on the lender side that's kind of changed over the last couple of months or, or even a couple of years with COVID? Well, um, I think, as we talked about earlier, there are a lot of um, national lenders that are, you know, gosh knows where their, their home base of operations, where they're operating from. Um, I still love our local lenders, and I think um, that the borrowers, the buyers, should really give their local lenders a shot because they get they get a lot more customer care, a lot more TLC, a lot more responsiveness. People can sometimes um, get around some of the issues, the underwriting issues. If you have a personal relationship, you're not just a a number on a computer with one of the giant ginormous national lenders that are working in every state. Um, but I, I do it's better for us lawyers too, don't you? When we're having closing issues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We have a name, a number, maybe a cell phone number. And if you are attending one of those rare in-person closings, a lot of the local lenders will come to their closing so they can be sure to be there in case there is a problem that happens at the table. And that goes far over and above. Yeah. And I've seen that increase of national lenders. I don't know why, but it just seems like in the last couple of years, I see a lot more clients shopping these national lenders and it, it seemed to be the same thing. You know, you have a 57th third bank out of the Eastern uh, shore bank of uh, the R- Arkansas river Valley. And, and when you have a closing problem, and you're trying to call these people, you get somebody on the phone, if you get somebody on the phone and they're like, um, you gotta go through our portal. And it's so frustrating as an attorney, when we have a problem at the table that can be a simple change, but you can't get a real human being on. And I do like the fact with our local lenders, we know them personally as friends, we have their cell numbers, and they'll respond quickly. And they usually have the ability to make the change in their local offices. And I think that is happening. And and, um, I think that's important. And as wonderful as all the portals are, and you know, your law firm and our law firm also have closing software platforms they're very handy. And that is keeping up with the younger generation where on nights, weekends, and holidays, they can input information. They don't have to worry about, is the law firm open so I can call them and give them this piece of information they need? It's something they can do 24-7 and do securely. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a benefit to all these secure portals and all this internet-based um, information gathering. But when it comes to lending, you know, just like when it comes to everything else, I mean, they're big box stores. They're great. I shop at them too. But small and local, you know, it's, it feels great to support that. And you do get a lot more for your money when you stay small and local. I think a lot of the issue in the first two issues we talked about is that a lot of people confuse speed for customer service. And mm-hmm. when 
you are more interested in getting your client in a closing and out of a closing as quick as possible um, and losing that personal aspect that the client can develop with the closing attorney, which mm-hmm. goes a long way to making the overall experience great, goes a long way to helping you get referrals. Same thing with lenders. Let's just hurry and get this national lender. They'll get it closed in 15, 20 days. Yes, but at what customer service level? And, and that's mm-hmm. what is very important to me is that we don't get speed. So speed front of mind that we forget about the most important Quality. part is that our consumer has a great experience because without the great experience, they're not going to refer. And that's what ultimately we're looking for. Um, what other things of technology have you seen that's changed since in the last couple of years? Um, well, I know that it's an easier way to do earnest money. A lot of the realtors are utilizing some different apps. One is called Earnest. I think there are other ones out there. It's easier than the folks showing up with a check, driving to a law firm and handing it to us, although we still get a lot of that. And it's funny, we do have some of the younger generation who someone has handed them a check and they walk in and say, I've never written a check. I don't even know how to fill this out, but I need to give you my earnest money. So we've had some some chuckles over that. It's been fun um, helping teach kids how to write checks, is it not? I mean, who would have ever thought that going into this practice? I mean, I've seen I've seen where they're supposed to sign and they'll write real estate or they'll write attorney name. I mean, it's amazing some of the things they write on checks. And you're like, yeah, that's not how you write a check. Um, yeah, yeah. But the same no, thing and is, of course, we talked about Zoom, Zoom being right. and just like you and I are doing right now, where you're in Columbia and I'm here in Greenville when we're having this conversation over Zoom. So it's great to be able to sort of meet face to face, just not face to face. And what I'm seeing is, you know, I think technology in the next couple of years is really going to revolutionize how we've done real estate. You had years where they only spent a couple of million dollars a year on technology and now is coming close to a billion dollar a year industry. Every app company has recognized the potential to become the next big millionaire off of a an app that's related to real estate. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more AI. We start seeing a lot of more of these bots that can do work. And have, have you seen much experience with the AI and the bots and things of that nature, artificial intelligence? We have not, but I have a feeling I'm about to. Yes, you're about to at Blair Cato. We're, we do a lot of <laughs> stuff with AI and bots. Uh, I had on one of podcasts earlier in the year, last year, I think it was, where there's a company that um, his AI is so good that most people, I think it was like 97 or 98% of the people thought they were dealing with the real human being, which is interesting because when that bot doesn't exactly get what the consumer is asking, sometimes the consumer gets very irate. So it's that's a challenge, I think, in the industry as well to make sure the technology doesn't overtake the personal aspect of it. Yeah. I don't think that you and I would ever let that happen. I think that's one of the things we like most about what we do is the interpersonal re, uh, relationships and interactions. Um, we're not the closing firm that's going to just schedule your purchase closing for 30 minutes, sign here, sign here, sign here, and you're out the door. Um, we always allow extra time for purchases just to make sure if there are any questions or especially first time home buyers that can, we can really take the time and I always let them know that we don't go away after the closing unless they want us to. You know, that we're, we're, we're here to be be with them for life and anything they have or any recommendations they need in the future, they can just call. And that's where, again, we go back to what we've been talking about, the speed, that speed kills. And when we try to speed th- things through and don't spend the extra time with the client, the client's not getting the experience that the consumer won't. It goes back to what we said at the beginning, Netflix didn't kill Blockbuster not listening to their consumers did. And in real estate, we all believe, oh, all our consumers want is to get this thing done in 10 minutes and be done. That's not been my experience at all. Mm-hmm. I think the client wants to know what they're doing. They want to feel comfortable about it. They want to have a good experience. Um, sometimes they just want to share. They just want to be part of an event and be able to share what they're doing and why they're doing it. 
laugh and joke around a little bit or the first time home buyers who have sort of the deer in the headlights, you know, it's nice to calm them down, make them relax and understand. And they leave sort of relieved. They understand what they did. And, and I think you're the same as us. If, if someone's an, a savvy investor and they want to get in and get out, you know, we'll get them in and out. It's not a matter of wasting their time, but it's a matter of being available to take the time when they need it. Absolutely. And then the last thing let's talk about is we're starting to see some uh, changes in the buying communities demographically and so forth. Mm-hmm. What is a, a group that you're seeing that's maybe not uh, been really much in the headlines for, for real estate, but now all of a sudden is a very powerful group in real estate that really needs uh, to be seen and heard? We're seeing a lot of growth in the Hispanic community and buying homes, and we've seen more and more closings um, with Hispanic buyers who will often come with their loan officer or their realtor who can act as a translator. Um, One of the things that we were always looking for but never quite found for our law firm was someone who was bilingual and who could speak Spanish. So we've always had to rely upon those loan officers and those agents who who spoke Spanish to be be there for us. And I'm really excited that Blair Cato has someone called an Enrique who can help us with any Spanish clients. And that will enable us to broaden um, our coverage of the area, I think, and service our clients better. Well, they don't need to listen to me with my Speedy Gonzalez repertoire. <laughs> it's certainly been a market that has been overlooked for many years. It's the largest growing demo in South Carolina for real estate. And I do believe that uh, having Enrique on is on, on board with us is just going to be a game changer in, in the whole market. We just did a closing last week uh, with Jennifer Feliciano and she just could not rave enough about how it was so important for her client to have first language closing, not having to listen to what an attorney says in English and then trying to translate it themselves into Spanish in their mind and then try to translate what they want to say back. And it just mm-hmm. made them more comfortable, which I guess goes back again to what we're talking about, what the consumer wants. What makes the consumer happy is what makes them most comfortable. It's not about speed. It's about doing it in the manner which the consumer wants. And I think that's just another good example of what we'll be able to do uh, with us coming together in Greenville and Spartanburg mm-hmm. and in Columbia to give that what the consumer is looking for. And you, like you said, and, and literally the term lost in the translation, sometimes the legal nuances that are being explained from the attorney to the translator back to the client um, are getting lost and direct communication with someone who has all the language um, is critical. Well, as an attorney, it always concerned me when I would go and give a you know a two or three minute explanation of title insurance, and then the translator says two sentences. And I'm like, that can't be what I just said. <laughs> or or I'll say something really simple like, this is the fee, forty dollars, and ten minutes later they're still talking. I'm like, what are they talking about? Nothing. We're good. It's like, oh well, you know what's really being said. You don't know when you're right. using a translator. So I think this is going to be more protection, not only for the consumer, but for the real estate agent as well, because Mm -hmm. we have the attorney speaking in the language of the consumer. And we're not worried about translations and people saying, well, that's not what the translator told. We actually have the the attorney themselves. So really excited about that. Well, we're really excited about having you guys on board and we're looking forward to uh, getting together the end of May. And I'm looking forward to having you on the podcast when we start bringing in some of the guests, I always thought having a Regis and a Kathy Lee together would be a little bit, or a Kelly. I think Kelly was the better than the Kathy Lee. Kathy drank too much. Uh, we <laughs> How do you know drinking. I'm not drinking here at my desk, Gary? Uh-uh. <laughs> so I look forward to that, and we look forward to having you back on soon. Thanks so much.
Before we finish up today, I wanted to add to last week's podcast, which apparently was pretty well received. It's one of the most downloaded podcasts we've had so far this year. And one of the things I saw this week that came out, obviously, after we had done the podcast last week about the state of the real estate market was Zillow's real estate market report, which just came out as well. And according to Zillow, the housing market is as competitive as ever and is moving at record pace. Buyer demand has been strong enough to keep the market moving at this pace, even after massive spikes in the mortgage rate. According to Zillow, year-over-year home value growth set a record for the 13th consecutive month in April, as a typical home in the United States is now worth $344,141, which is 20.9% higher than last year. And this record pace of growth comes even as mortgage rates are taking a bite of, of buyer affordability. Now, they also cite that nearly half of the homes are selling above their list price, and April sales happened as fast as we've ever recorded. It may very well be that fewer people are trying to buy, but the bidding wars continue to drive prices up on the very limited inventories. Those in the market today won't likely feel much relief from that. Rising costs have also yet to ease competition. Homes that sold in April typically went pending after only seven days, tying another monthly record set last May and June. To put that remarkable market speed into perspective, in April 2019, the last spring before the pandemic, the typical home sat on the market for 24 days before an offer was accepted. Nearly 48% of homes that were purchased in March, the latest data that was available, sold for more than the asking price, indicating the buyer expected multiple bidders. That's up from 37.5% in March 2021. More than three-quarters of the homes are selling above the list price in the country's most competitive market, San Francisco, Seattle, and San Jose. There are some distant signs, however, according to Zillow, that things are about to get a little bit more balanced in our market, which really is not a bad thing. The share of listings with a price cut crept to 9.1% higher than 8.6% in March and 7.8% in April. That may be a sign that some sellers might not be quite as ambitious in their pricing strategies, and I've had agents here in Columbia telling me they're seeing the same thing. Inventories to continue to rise as well. We're up 5.5% from March, the second straight month of growth. That could not be better news. The year-over inventory deficit has also shrunk in each of the past three months, now sitting at negative 19.5%. More inventory is both the consequence and cause of a more balanced housing market. Again, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about that. Zillow has also announced their forecast now for growth is 11.6 in home value growth through April 2023. Down a year ahead, forecast of 14.9 they made in March. Zillow's forecast for existing home sales has been lowered as well, now predicting 5.73 million units in 2022. That would mark a 6.4 decrease from 2021, spiking mortgage rates, inventory gains, and lower than expected pending home sales and mortgage application dates drove down the downward revisions. But these downward revisions would still represent a very strong housing market in the coming year. Other than this recent run of record break in home value growth, only during that stretch of 2005s have home values grown faster than the 11.6 annually in the history of Zillow Home Value Index. I don't know what's more good news than that. You know, we just finished a podcast where we spent 30 minutes talking about the state of the market. And then this week, Zillow comes out with another report that basically just reiterates the good stuff. So what we're seeing, inventory will get better. Prices will still go up, not as much. We'll have a little bit less demand, but we're still looking at a fantastic real estate year. So tell our clients, time to buy houses, time to list houses on the market, and let's get this business rolling for the summer. Hope that also provides you all some more additional information from last week. 
And that's all the time we have for our show today. Appreciate Meredith not only joining us on Dish and Dirt, but also joining us at Blair Cato. We're really excited for the future with Steve and Meredith now part of the team. And I got a sneaky feeling that somehow Meredith will probably show up on some of our other podcasts when we interview some guests because it's always, as she says, good to have a Regis to a Kathy Lee or a Kathy Lee to a Regis, whichever way you want to make that work. So we look forward to having her on future episodes. I hope everybody will like us, share us, and come back and see us again in the future. If you'd like us, please click that five-star button over there because I need my ego uh, stroked every once in a while. Y'all have a great weekend. Be safe this Memorial Day as well.